seen the show Stranger Things. All right, all right. Well, here's the thing. You got to listen. The thing about the show Stranger Things, I, I don't know a ton about it. I'll be honest with you. I have not seen it, but I've heard it's great. And so, and I think, you know, it's one of those shows that if you read articles about it, it's kind of got that ability to kind of pull you in, you know what I'm saying? And maybe that's because of the, the age of the actors and actresses, if you will, or maybe it's because of the, the plot, if you will, right? And, and here's what I'm really, really excited about. I'm excited about this series because we are in a series called Stranger Things. And here's what I think about this series. I think if you guys would be willing to come in here every week and listen and pay attention, I think you could learn a lot of cool things about God. You can learn a lot of cool things about God. As a matter of fact, I think that your knowledge of who God is and the way that God works in our lives and around our lives and even through our lives, I think that will grow, but you have to listen and you have to pay attention. Wow, that was strange, right? And I love what I love what she said. Did you catch that? She said, mind blown. In other words, she could not explain what just happened in front of her. She had three coins, put them down, and suddenly it was just two. It was a strange thing, something that couldn't really be explained. And so over the next three weeks, here's what I want to do. I want to take three weeks and I want to talk about something that basically it could be strange, but both in the Bible and in and through our, our lives. We could say strange, and what I mean by strange is I mean hard to understand, hard to explain, hard to grasp. And what I want to do is I want to talk with you about the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And see, what I want to do is I want to look at what he does, I want to look at what he does in you, and I want to look at how that plays out, right? How does that play out in the church? Now, here's what the Bible teaches about God, right? There is God. And God exists in three distinct persons, but it's all God. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, Jesus Christ, and then there's God the Holy Spirit. And this series is based around who the Holy Spirit is. And here's what you have to understand about the Holy Spirit, right? What you have to understand about the Holy Spirit is that he is not a force. He is not an it. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a he. It is, he is a person, right? And here's the second thing. I want everybody to just kind of take the thinking cap and just put it on. Go ahead and do it with me. Just, just take it off the ground and put on your thinking cap. Because here's the thing. This series, this series is intentionally supposed to go a little bit, a little bit into this. We want to kind of dive in to the person of God. We want to dive into who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and how that plays out in the church. And here's what I want to do. I want to pray for that because you're going to struggle to pay attention to this, but I believe that if you will, you'll learn a lot more about God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray again. We're going to pray again. God, would you teach us about your Holy Spirit? 
Would you help us to learn about the person of the Holy Spirit tonight? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you guys want to do, if you guys want to do this with me, you can turn up to page number 1082 in your Bible. 1082, and like I said, the verses are going to come on the screen. Here's, as we launch into who the Holy Spirit is, right? I want you to hear what Jesus said specifically about the person of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says in John 16, verse 7. He says it like this, but I tell you the truth. Pay attention. I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, then I will send him to you. So here's what Jesus is doing, right? His public ministry on earth is coming to an end. And what he's telling the disciples is, hey, there's coming a time when I'm going to leave. And it's actually a really good thing for me to physically leave you. Because when I leave you, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, is actually going to come in my place. And then he continues on in verse 13. He says this, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Think about that, students. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Now, we're going to talk a lot about that next week. And then he continues on in verse 14 and 15. He says this, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Here's what he's saying. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit are all the same. They all work together. They all agree with one another. They are in this thing Together, And I understand, listen, if you have a hard time understanding and comprehending that, you're in great company. Because it's really hard for us to try to understand something like this. The goal in this series is not for you to fully understand God. It's for you to understand a little bit more about who God is. That's my hope. That's my prayer. And so I want to invite you into a statement that I think is going to help. And then we're going to break it down. It's very simple. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The Holy Spirit is God. Plain and simple. The Holy Spirit is God. I've already talked about that. The Holy Spirit is God. Don't, if you don't get anything else tonight, I want you to get that. The Holy Spirit is God. Here's what that means. It means every attribute that applies to God applies to the Holy Spirit. Attributes are things that are true about a person. So, for example, about myself, you could say that I have the attribute of dressing well. You know what I'm saying? You guys with me on that? Cool. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Or I could say this. I could say this. I have the attribute of being very athletic. Very athletic. Yes. Yes. But here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. Attributes are things, right? Listen. Attributes are things that are true about another person. They're true about their character. They're true about who the person is, right? And so what I want to do tonight is I want to look at some attributes 
that are true about the Holy Spirit. And the reason they're true about the Holy Spirit is because they're true about God. Now, I'm going to be honest. We're going to be kind of all over the place in the Bible tonight, and that is intentional. We're not intentionally trying to overwhelm you with information, but I want you to see what the Bible says specifically about the Holy Spirit. And so here's the first attribute about the Holy Spirit that is true. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. Omni, O-M-N-I. That's just kind of a way of saying all, right? He is omniscient, which means that he is all-knowing. See, the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows every thought you have. He knows everything you've ever done. He knows you. And in the Bible, it says this. It says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right, searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now listen, what the Bible is saying is that the Holy Spirit knows the very thoughts of God. But he doesn't only know the thoughts of God. He knows my thoughts. He knows your thoughts. Everything that's good that you think about, he knows it. The things that are not so good that you think about, he knows it. And I want you to check out what King David said. I love this passage. It says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. There it is. He knows us. You know when I sit down and when I rise, even the smallest things about us. You know, you perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows every thought you have. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. There is nothing that he doesn't know. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. See, the Holy Spirit knows all things. And here's the beautiful thing. He knows all of our thoughts. Whether they're good or whether they're bad. And he loves us. Don't, don't miss this. He loves us the same. He loves us the same. Maybe that's the reason you came here tonight. Maybe the reason you came here tonight was to be told that he knows every thought you have and he loves you the same. He loves you not because of the thoughts that you have. He loves you because you are his creation. And he knows you better than you know yourself. The second thing about the Holy Spirit, a second attribute is that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He is all-present, meaning that he is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. Here's what I'm saying. You can't escape him. And I started to think about what are some things in our lives, or at least in my life, what are some things that I just cannot escape, right? So here's one thing. You cannot escape if you go to Chick-fil-A and you say thank you. What are they going to say? And everyone knows it, right? You cannot escape, you cannot escape, right, that they're going to say my pleasure every single time. You should actually go to Chick-fil-A and try to get them to say you're welcome, and it just don't, it ain't going to happen. 
that ain't going to happen. It's in their culture, right? Another thing that you can't escape. You cannot escape. We cannot escape an annoying Georgia football fan. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just can't escape it. You can't escape it. I might be a little bitter. I might be a little bitter about what happened on Saturday. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is maybe for more of the leaders, more of the adults, man. Something you can't escape. You guys will be with us at one point. You cannot escape the beauty of a Sunday afternoon nap. I mean, it is the best. It is the best. Especially when there's NASCAR on the TV. When there's NASCAR, it just puts you right to sleep. It has the power to do that. But listen up, guys. Listen up. We cannot escape, listen, we cannot escape the person of the Holy Spirit. I want you to check out this, what King David says in the same chapter. He says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I go to the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, and it will hold me fast. See, King David is declaring no matter where he goes, he cannot escape the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. But I want to talk about something for a second. I, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page, and I want to be really candid. See, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He is all-present. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And we see evidence of him everywhere we go, especially when we're at church. We see evidence of the Holy Spirit. But see, he is not in you until you accept the free gift of salvation that comes only through Jesus Christ. Stay with me, guys. This is important. The Holy Spirit is not in you. He is not your counselor, your helper, your guide until he is in you. And he comes in you when you say yes to Jesus. See, some of you, you may have said yes to Jesus on Sunday when we had our open baptism. Some of you, you may have said yes to Jesus when you came to the Baptist School Bash and you walked up on the stage and signed your name to that big sign that said, Jesus is life. And see, in that moment, what happens is that the Holy Spirit comes and he dwells. He dwells with you. And I want you to understand that that is huge. That matters. But it's only through Jesus Christ. And that takes me to the last characteristic. Here it is. The Holy Spirit is eternal. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He has been around from the beginning, and he will be around for forever. He is eternal. He has no beginning, and he has no end. Because God has no beginning, and God has no end. And I want you to check out this verse. I love this. It says this. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Listen up. This is really important. Don't miss this. If you love me, you will obey my command. I'll ask the Father and he will give another counselor. Think about this. Who will be with you forever. 
the spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Can I talk about something for a second? Let me tell you something that breaks my heart. And it's something that I can't do anything about it. And I want you to listen. Some of you don't understand the Holy Spirit. You can't see him. You can't experience him. You don't know where he is. And the reason why is because you don't have him. You don't have him. And so you come into a room like this and you wonder, not just because everybody's hands are raised. That doesn't mean that everybody's hands are raised. They have the Holy Spirit. But for some, it means that they have a connection with God that you might not have. And that's why some of you come in and, and, and you disrespect God. And you disrespect the Holy Spirit because you really don't care. And what I want you to hear is that you're welcome to the family. We're glad you're here. You can come here every single week. But it breaks my heart that you don't fully get it and you can't see him because you don't know him. And Jesus said it like this. He says he will give another counselor to be with you forever. And then he says the spirit of truth. The world cannot understand him. There are people in the world, some of you are in here tonight, and you cannot understand him. You can't understand his movement. You can't understand his power. You can't understand his presence. And my prayer and my hope would be that you would come to a place where you would be able to understand it because you can experience it. And you know the beautiful thing is that it is available to all of us. The presence of God is available to all of us. The Holy Spirit, he is available to all of us. We do not have to act a certain way. We do not have to do the right things all the time. He is available, students, because he loves you. And he loves me. And here's what he says. You know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. So Jesus said, there's a counselor. Can you get that? There is a helper. It is actually disciples. Hey, guys. Hey, M12. It's actually a good thing that, that I go back to heaven. Because when I go back to heaven, then the Holy Spirit will come and he will start to guide you. He will start to lead you. He will start to help you make the right decisions. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And the coolest thing is not only will he be with you, but he will be in you. And I know that you don't fully maybe understand that, but it's true. He will be in you. And you've got to come back next week to hear what that means. Because we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit does when he is in us. But as we begin to wrap up, I want to read a story to you, over you, of when the Holy Spirit came. Because Jesus is very clear. He says, listen, when I go, the counselor is coming. And it's going to be pretty cool. And so if you know anything about the book of Acts, you know this is the beginning of when the Holy Spirit came. And I want to read this over you and read this 
to you tonight. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's going to come on the screen. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, when he comes, it's going to be really powerful. So watch out for it because it's coming. And then he says this. He says, when the day of Pentecost came, think about this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. All the disciples, they were hanging out. They were together. Suddenly a sound like a blowing, like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven filled the house. Where they were seated. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In other words, students, there's this giant wind and it's like Hurricane Irma outside, except probably worse than that. It's powerful. It's violent. It's wind. They're trying to figure out what's going on. What can this be? What in the world? And then to make matters even cooler is that people just started speaking languages, but they could all understand the same language. It made no sense. People were like, man, what is going on? This is crazy. This guy speaks this language, but I understand him to be speaking my own language. And I'm speaking this language, and this guy speaks this language, but he understands what I'm saying, and I understand what he's saying, and this is crazy. So they were trying to make sense of it, and then one of the disciples comes up, and he tries to explain it. Here's what Peter says. He says, repent and be baptized. Every single one of them, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, they were trying to figure out what was going on. These people had received the very presence and power of God. And no one knew what was going on. And Peter was like, well, listen, if you want the power of God, if you want to experience the presence of God, if that's what you want, then repent. Repent just means, hey, turn away from sin and turn back to God. Say you're sorry for the things you're doing that are wrong and turn to God. Repent and be baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. You do that and you will experience the presence of God just like they did. And here's what it says. This is huge. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that same day. Students, 3,000 I mean, that's a lot of people. 3,000 people that same day were added to the kingdom because they accepted the gift of salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. And maybe that's why you're here tonight. Maybe you would say, man, this Holy Spirit thing, this is pretty crazy. This is pretty, this is pretty crazy. I don't really fully understand, but here's what I know. I, I want a relationship with God. I want to experience the presence and power of God. I want to know him. I want to know him the way that these people knew him. And so if you're here tonight and you would say, I want to know Jesus, man. You find me at the, when we're singing this next song. You come find me. I'll be in the back. You find one of these leaders. We will speak with you about what it means to accept Jesus Christ. But 3,000 people were added to their number that day, right? This was a powerful, powerful movement of God. And not only was it a powerful movement, it began the church. 
So in Acts chapter 2, read it with me on the screen, not out loud, but in your mind. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. See, the church, students, was never about a place. It was about a people. And that was the beginning of the church. Reading on, it says everyone was filled with awe. They were all amazed. They were awestruck. They were filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Think about what's happened, right? This is what is happening, man. They are giving away things to help the other person. It doesn't matter if they're family, if they're a neighbor, if they're like way down the road. They're just, hey, you need something? Okay, cool. I'll sell this and give it to you. This was the church. They cared about each other. They loved each other. They served each other, right? And look at what happens. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad hearts, praising God. And enjoying the favor of the people. And listen, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord continued every single day to add more people to the family and kingdom of God. And do you know where it started? It started with a promise that Jesus said. He promised the Holy Spirit. The very presence of God and power of God would literally come from heaven to the earth. And that's what they were experiencing. And what happened is that these people, they were once just people that probably knew each other, but they grew into this family. I mean, they grew into this family, and this family just kept growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they were a family because they loved each other and they served each other and they prayed with each other and they ate together. Much like some of your families do, much like some of you and your friends do. And you know, our hope is that this place, M12, for every middle school student in this room, it would feel like a family. That this would feel like your Family. We have a saying here that we believe to be true. It is our motivation. It's simply this. Once in the family, always in the family. You come once, you're in the family. But let me t- talk to you about a different family. It's the family of God. It's the family that these people who began the church became a part of when they said yes to the invitation of Jesus. And if that's you tonight, man, I urge you to do it urge you to make that decision. You know what else What else was happening is that people couldn't explain what they were seeing. It was like this revival. It was like this outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God that couldn't be explained, that couldn't fully be grasped, that really couldn't be understood. You just had to live it. And you know, that's kind of where our church is church being 12 stone. We're in this season of begging God for an outpouring of the Spirit. We're in this season of begging God to do something that only God could do. And, and we pray that God will do something in this room, in this ministry, that only God could do, that is not capable from human hands, but is an outpouring of His presence. And so a really cool thing that we want to invite you into tonight is that Our worship team here at our church, they wrote a song, and the song is called, 
awakening. And the whole song is talking about this revival, this power and presence of God coming from heaven to earth through the person of the Holy Spirit. 